Hello, everybody. Welcome. Happy Friday, October 28th, before Halloween. This is Sean Hathaway. This is the podcast Breakaway, where we attempt to break away from groupthink, talking heads, the haters, the mob, the left, the right, the blue, the red, and just try to sift through all the noise and figure out what's going on in these totally crazy markets and business. So here we go. Oh, but first, a quick uh, little disclaimer, as always. Cue the music. Thank you to my friend Greg. Uh, the opinions expressed by me on this podcast are... Well, that was short. <laughs> the opinions expressed by me on this podcast are solely my own opinions and or those of my guests, and they do not reflect the opinions of Hathaway Financial, which is a registered investment advisory practice that I also work for. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions or advice. If you need investment decisions or advice, call a financial advisor, um, ideally a, um, a fiduciary one. I can go into more of that later. All right, so what's going on? This is a nutso week. I'm going to talk about the markets. I'm going to talk about some earnings of big companies, Amazon Meta. I'm going to revisit Netflix. And of course, I'm going to talk about Twitter. I'm going to save Twitter for the end. This should be a fairly short podcast. But, you know, I tend, to, I tend to go longer than I always anticipate. So, okay, so what's happened this week? So, just conceptually, well, first off, broader, broader level, markets are down about 20%. At the beginning of the week, they were down about 25%. So, we've had a 5% rally this week. And, by the way, that just goes to the point where people try to time the market in and out. And, and I'm not saying we've reached our lows. We'll probably see new lows if, if I was a betting man. But... When markets rally 5% in a week, and sometimes it seems like they can do that in a day lately, you can't try to time the market. The best thing you should do is have a long-term strategy in just dollar cost average, meaning put money into the market in equal incremental uh, volume over time. And then as you move into retirement, you want to move those investments to uh, less risky assets. Okay, so um, less volatile equities, for example. So anyway, so also this week, GDP growth for Q3 was released uh, by the government. We had 2.6% GDP growth. And that's really good. That means that we're not in a recession. Remember, a recession uh, is defined as negative GDP growth. And we had a negative 1.6% GDP growth in Q1 and negative 0.6% Q2. So this would indicate that we're not in a recession now. But Many people still predict we're going to see recession, see further recessions and lows uh, coming into 23. I think what we're going to see, and this this is kind of a nice transition to the next point, some of these, what we refer to in Silicon Valley and in the investment world as the generals, these are companies that make up like 20, 25% of the S&P 500. <laughs> At least they used to nine months ago. That's like your Apple, your Microsoft, your Amazon, used to be Facebook. We'll get into that. Uh, Tesla, NVIDIA, I think I forgot a big one, Google. So those companies have been reporting, and interestingly, Apple reported this week pretty much in-line expectations, revenue a little bit lower. They guided Q4 slightly lower, but but they said they're doing really good on their PC sales. And so their stock's up 7%. That has been like the ultimate stock to own lately. Huge growth over the last couple of years and has been completely resilient in this downturn. I think overall they're down 20, 15, 20%, but it's been a really, really good stock to hold. Um, okay, so let's talk about Amazon a little bit. Amazon just got absolutely crushed 
by 15%. And let me just pull this up. I think they're down off of their high. I should have this already, but I'm going to I'm going to be true to you guys and ladies and my listeners and tell you how much they're off their high. I'm looking this up real time so you can uh, test me on this. My computer's slow. It's not my fault. Uh, year to date percent off high. Boom. 40%. They're now 40%, but they just dropped another 15% literally like yesterday or to, during the day today. Why? Okay, I didn't quite realize this, but AWS is this... I mean, I know what AWS is. A lot of people probably don't, but that stands for Amazon Web Services, and they're the largest cloud computing platform in the world. And that's where companies now used to have data centers, and now they've moved everything onto Amazon. So you shouldn't have to you know, host... Host your 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 software and your and your data internally. You can use the Amazon. Anyway, AWS is insanely profitable, to the tune of five point four billion dollars of profit. That's not even their revenue. That's their profit. So what I didn't realize, and people were highlighting this. So sit, let this soak in just for the quarter. Amazon had sales of one hundred twenty-seven billion, with a B, one hundred twenty-seven billion, but only operating income of two point five billion. That's really low. That's like two percent. Now, if you think of them as a retailer and that kind of thing, you'd say, oh, maybe your your margins are low. Okay, but AWS was five point four billion. Okay, so that means all their other segments combined lost two point nine billion. I'm going to leave that. AWS. billion operating income. Everything else combined, 2.9 billion of loss. That means everything that they're doing in terms of delivery, in terms of selling you things online, in terms of books, in terms of Amazon Prime Video, just everything combined lost money, except for AWS, which the average person doesn't even know what that is, unless you work in the tech world. So they're basically running this giant not-for-profit. And the market is... Is, is, is coming around to realize this, and, and, and Mark has been realizing this, and just com- absolutely punished them today, down 14%, down 40% from all-time highs. I still personally own Amazon. I would never bet against them. I think that they've laid down the infrastructure and to 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 be well-positioned. You know, they, they, they invested significantly in CapEx during, during and after COVID, and I think that they've got this kind of, kind of over-invested infrastructure but I think they're poised to grow. I think they'll probably watch their their operating expenses going forward. And I think what we're going to see is like huge margin expansion going forward. That's my guess on Amazon. So down a lot, but I think they got a lot to go. Oh, but by the way, just for context, so I said their operating margin was two percent, two and a half billion dollars they earned on one hundred twenty seven billion. Just for context, Tesla's operating margin or dollars profit was five billion on twenty one billion. So that's like 25%. Okay, Tesla is just a juggernaut and growing at 50% year over year for the foreseeable future. All right, let's get to the real fun stuff. Meta, the meta meltdown. I'm just going to read this quote from Wedbush analyst Dan Ives. Meta's results last night was an absolute train wreck that speaks to pervasive digital advertising doldrums ahead of Zuck and company as they make the risky and head-scratching bet on the metaverse. Wow. Um, also reading here, the hit to Meta has also whittled down Zuckerberg's personal fortune. Uh, he is worth, I mean, don't feel too bad for the guy. He's worth $37 billion, uh, but he's lost $88 billion. So I guess he used to be worth like $120, $130 billion. Um, You know, whatever. He's still got $37 billion. Uh, but you know what? Even at those numbers, you, you probably start, I don't know if you're stressed out, but you, you definitely start kind of thinking about it. 
So there was this viral video going around all over the place on Twitter and TikTok. I'm going to play it for you. This is a woman doing a TikTok video who works at Facebook. All right. And see, unfortunately, you can't see it because it's a podcast, but I think you'll get the, the gist of it when I play the video. And by the way, people have made videos like this at Google, too. And this just goes to the fact that there's so much excess in these companies in the Valley. There's so much headcount in Google. There's so much headcount in Facebook. And there's like these companies need to trim. And and I think the the decade of excess with zero interest rates and employees wanting their spas and their food and demanding work from home, I think it's going away. I think it's going away a little bit. And I think it's a healthy kind of swing back to to another balance uh, where we used to be. But let me play this audio here. Pull it up. Here we go. Staying alive as a 23-year-old product manager at Meta. I always journal in the morning. I then do a quick workout routine. I get dressed. I try to look cute every day. Got some food at the office. I make a coffee every single morning. I need that. I did some work on the roof. Worked until lunch and then ate up there. Here's me being cute. I got a snack always. I then shuttled home. The view's so pretty. Met up with some friends for dinner, and then my boyfriend came over. All right, I don't remember that music being in the background, but she's basically just saying all this beautiful breakfast she has, and then lunch, and then the break, and shows the exercise room. And now there's all these jokes. People have like really, I kind of feel bad for her a little bit. She's 23 years old. She probably thinks this is fine. You know, I grew up when I was 23 years old, I was working 60 hours a week, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I was in public accounting and it was a nightmare. Um, I wouldn't take it back for anything though. Learn more than, than, than anything else I've ever done in life. So, um, it's, it's just interesting the perspective these, these people have and these people like, yeah, I'm stereotyping her. Uh, could be guys too, not just women. But, but like one of the people on Twitter, like somebody I follow, I think it was Zero Hedge says, what products in quotes does a 23, 23 year old product manager manage at Facebook? And that just kind of says it all. All right. So Facebook is, or, or meta, if you will, 71% off their high, their market caps now 265 billion, which seems tiny because they used to be a trillion dollar company. Remember when they broke the trillion dollar cap and it was this huge deal. Now they're a trillion dollar company. Not anymore. 265 billion. I own a ton of Meta, so I've just lost 71%. I know a ton of people who do, and I know people that work there, and they're not happy about where their RSUs are. Because you get granted RSUs. They were probably granted a few years ago, or three, anywhere from four to years to a year ago, and all those RSUs are down 71%, basically, from at least where they used to be. Headcount growth. Okay, I'm going to... I'm gonna actually read to you some excerpts from a guy that I follow, Brad Gerstner, who is the CEO of Altimeter Capital, I think it's called. It's a hedge fund. So he basically penned a letter. If you listen to the All In podcast, which I've recommended many times on this show, he's been a guest on there a few times. Really articulate guy, really knowledgeable, really smart, really interesting to listen to. Brad Gerstner, go check him out. But I'll read some a few things from his letter. So um, basically he says that this ready. All right, time to get fit, it's called. And he says, Meta needs to get its mojo back, needs to rebuild confidence with investors, employees, and the tech community in order to attract, inspire, and retain the best talent in the world. In short, Meta needs to get fit and focused. So here we go. To accomplish this goal, we re- recommend he recommends a three-step plan. Double free cash flow. Free cash flow to $40 billion a year. That's big-time money, ladies and gentlemen. $40 billion of free cash flow. To f- he, wants to, he wants to get that 
by the end of the year. He says the way to do it is reduce headcount by at least 20%. Reduce CapEx to at least $5 billion from 30 or reduce it by $5 billion from $30 billion. Limit investment in the metaverse and reality labs to $5 billion a year. And by the way, $5 billion a year invested in meta is probably more than any other company on the face of this planet is putting into it. Um, so some other things. He says we would encourage the company, double-clicking into a couple of those points, we would encourage the company to move aggressively and cut at least 20% of employee-related expenses. He says why 20%? To put that in perspective, it merely takes the company back to mid-21 levels of employee expense. And I don't think anyone would argue that Meta wasn't sufficiently staffed in 2021. We're talking two year, less than two years ago, ladies and gentlemen, to tackle a business that looks similar to Alex. So the point is here, they've grown headcount so much it's ridiculous, and they need to cut. Okay, Meta has gone from $15 billion in annual CapEx in 2018, 2019, 2021, 2020, to $30 billion in 2022. <laughs> so they basically doubled their CapEx in 2022 compared to what they spent in 18, 19, and 20 combined. He says to put that, this is the most jaw-dropping, to put that in perspective, excluding Metaverse, Meta is investing more in CapEx than Apple, Tesla, Twitter, Snap, and Uber combined. That's... That's pretty hard to wrap your head around. All right, enough on Meta. I think the point here is, look, they're growing OPEX at a just ridiculous rate, and they are spending money like drunken sailors and investing in this thing, the metaverse. And by the way, Mark was just saying the other day, he's like, he expects everybody to be wearing these these goggles. Obviously, they're going to get smaller as technology advances. But like basically working from home and then like joining all of your coworkers in the metaverse. And that's his vision in five years. I don't see it. I do not see it. There's definitely some room for for, for AR, augmented reality, and, and some VR virtual reality, but I don't know. It's tough to see at the levels he, he's 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 saying. I'm not even gonna sell meta now. I've lost so much. Uh you know, a lot of people say a lot of really really uh famous and good investors would say cut bait. Uh, I'm just going to hold it. I figure it's so low, I, I got nothing else to lose at this point. All right, let's get to the fun stuff here. Oh, before we get, before I get to Twitter, I was going to talk about Netflix just really briefly because somebody asked me, they go, why has Netflix uh, rallied so much lately? And I thought it was a good question, and I talked about it on my last podcast, but it's even rallied more since then. So just to put it in perspective, Netflix was 700. They went clear down to like 175, which is an over 70% uh, decline. And then now have gone up to about 300. So they've almost doubled. Um, actually, their low was like 166. So they've almost doubled uh, in the last six months. And they've rallied quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. And the reason is there's a couple of things. One, they were hammered too hard initially. Like the market was just too too sour on them. And, you know, and this, so they had a decent uh, Q3 and they guided to a decent Q4. But the other thing is it's interesting is... Now you look at Amazon, and and like I said, they're not making money anywhere. And and you can't, they don't disclose all these different segments. But it's fair to it's fair to guess that Amazon's not making any money on Amazon Video, okay? And it's all bundled with Prime. But the amount that they're paying for NFL rights for Thursday night is is insanely high. I don't I don't remember what it is, but it's so they're not making money. Netflix disclosed that they they they, they their guess is everyone's losing ten billion. So nobody's making money in this space. The only company making money is Netflix. So they've reached scale. They 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 they've proven the model, and they're going to grow from here. So they are a profitable, scaled peer streaming play. 
and that's good. But here's the big part. Advertising is completely underappreciated. So what do I mean by that? So one of the reasons Facebook's revenue has been going down uh, and Snap, Snap also got hammered on their earnings this week, which I haven't even talked about, and 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 some of these other, um, almost any company that advertises online and goes through the Google e- ecosystem, because Google's put in place these rails, almost like advertising jail, where you're not allowed to track users, not even anonymously. So it's just destroyed the efficiency of advertising. So what this is doing is opening up um, advertisers are looking for new places. Okay. Also, the cable bundles just getting so Comcast um, lost a record number or percentage of subscribers this um, this quarter, um, and and that's because everybody's cutting the cord, right? They're going to these these direct services of streaming. So, hope you're keeping up with me on all this. I can barely keep up with myself. <laughs> um, here, here's how I describe Netflix. It's a rich ocean to fish in, and what do I mean by that. They have this entire ecosystem of subscribers, you know, 230 million, whatever the number is. But they're not bound by Apple. They can serve up ads to anybody in there. And they're not even doing it yet, right? They're going to launch in November. And it's only going to be a very select few people who want to pay a low price tier. But they've got this huge advertising opportunity and ability to reach 230 million people and growing. And they have very good data on what those people like, so they can target really, really specific ads to them. And they don't. And, and so advertisers are actually looking like where to go put their money. And so now Netflix is looking more and more attractive every day. So I think that's interesting. Okay, let's talk about Twitter. Do-do-do. I wish I had some audio for this. Um, I probably could get creative and find some. But I won't. Okay, so Elon Musk closed the deal on Twitter. Twitter is officially... Um, not going to be a listed stock now, I think, as of today. And if you own Twitter stock, you will get cashed out. Presumably, I think it's at $54 a share now, uh, which is good. I actually sold all my Twitter stock at $52 uh, a week or two ago, two weeks ago. I didn't want to take the risk that something fell through or that it went through at a lower price. Anyway. So he walks in Twitter on video yesterday with his kitchen sink. And and <laughs> there's this like joke and a meme on, on a on social media where I think Elon started it. And there's a dad joke about somebody knocks at the door and, um, you know, let that sink in. If somebody's holding a sink, let that sink in means two things. So he, he basically uh, tweeted a joke saying, I own Twitter. And he says, let that sink in. And then he walks into Twitter with a kitchen, you know, with like a sink in his hand, a physical sink. All right, I'll stop. So anyhow, yesterday or, or this morning, he fired the CEO, CFO, and general counsel. Uh, don't feel bad for them. In total, they all get like $100 million. Not each, but in total, I think the CEO is getting 40-something. CFO got like 25. So they're getting plenty of money, and they'll get pl- they'll, and they'll all get hired somewhere else afterwards, I'm sure. Um, he said that he's going to fire 75% of the workforce. He's, he's, he didn't say that. It was rumored. It came out in like uh, some news journals. Uh, apparently though, he was at the headquarters yesterday, you know, there's pictures of him at the coffee station and with a giant crowd of workers around him and everybody's asking him questions and he denied that he'll fire 75% of the workforce. I think he will. I think he'll, he'll fire at least half because they have got, they've got like 7,500 workers. It's really, really hard to wrap your head around what that many people do because it feels like Twitter is, you know, largely automated and, 
and lacking in innovation and nothing changes. I was just talking to my wife this morning. Like I follow a lot of people on Twitter because I want to see their content. And then, and then I'll think to myself, I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen this person's content in a while. I'll search for them. And then I'll read like that. They've tweeted like 10 things in the last week. And it hasn't even shown me. It hasn't even shown me that. So it's just, it's a really, really poor product. It's poorly run. And apparently he's got Tesla engineers there now reviewing the code. And that's really interesting in so many respects. Like one, how do you feel if you're like some engineer there who's been coding and now you've got the Tesla people coming over? It's almost like, hey, like we're the A team here. You know, you're like the D team. We're gonna we're gonna check out like what you're coding here. What's what's going on? Oh my gosh, must be frustrating for some of these people. But then also as a Tesla shareholder, I'm kind of thinking there must be some sort of like inner there must be some sort of monetary arrangement going on. Because I don't want my Tesla engineers <laughs> that are supposed to be developing AI at Tesla and full self-driving going over and working at Twitter, uh, which is a private company. Um, and then apparently today there were a bunch of employees walking out of the, of the office with boxes, and, and then that made a bunch of headlines. And then latest I read, literally before starting this podcast, was that that's a hoax. Like some, some guy went over there, he doesn't even work at Twitter, and he's like acting like he works there and just totally like giving everybody a, a ride. Um, it, it's just comedy. And then you've got a bunch of, uh, you know, very left leaning people on Twitter saying that they're going to leave the, they're going to leave the platform. And I'm like, where are you going to go? You're going to go to truth social. That's Trump's platform. You're going to go to parlor. That's no, that's a very right leaning platform. And then it's, it's kind of like when Trump won, people are going to move to Canada. It's like, is anybody really going to move to Canada? I don't know. Um, by the way, Musk just tweeted a couple hours. I'll read it here. He says, Twitter will be forming a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints. No major content decisions or account reinstatements will happen before that council convenes. So, you know, a lot of people are, is Trump going to get his Twitter account back? By the way, I think Trump should get his Twitter account back. I don't think he should ban uh, pretty much anybody for life. Um, I'm sure there's exceptions to that, but definitely not an ex-president of the United States. You know, maybe a year, but come on. All right, so stay tuned on Twitter. I think it's gonna. I think it's a really good thing. I think, and I've said this before, Elon Musk seems very sincere. I think he wants it to be uh, a marketplace of ideas, and and back to the town square, and you can't get banned for saying something. It should basically go along with the with the laws of the land. Um, so you shouldn't get banned for saying something um, unless it's you know federally illegal. Like I think you can't say publicly, "I plan to kill the president of the United States." I think you can get arrested for that. So if you say that on Twitter, yeah, you probably should should be arrested. So I think he just wants it to kind of behave like within the within the laws of the land, and that would include you know other countries may have different laws. Laws. All right. Oh, on a related note with Tesla, so uh, a guy I follow, Holmar's catalog. Uh, to summoned a ride, a taxi service using Cruise, um, which is another kind of self-driving car. I think it's owned by, by um, GM. And got he videotaped the whole thing, got in the car in San Francisco, and asked it to take take him somewhere. And like literally, he's videoing the front seat. There is no driver there. There's zero driver. The car is driving itself. So car drives him to the destination, took like 35 minutes. He did the same thing with his car on FSD beta, uh, full self-driving, did it in less time, I think 10 minutes less. But it's really interesting. It's actually really good that other companies are, are, are doing the full self-driving. 
uh, because a lot of people want Tesla shut down, but if they shut Tesla down, they're going to shut Cruise down. They're going to shut these other endeavors down. And so it's not happening. Full, and I've said this many, many times. Full self-driving is coming. Robo-taxis are coming. People don't believe it. It's going to be here in the blink of an eye before you know it. Within five years, maybe even less. I mean, it's literally here right now in San Francisco. You can summon a car that has no driver, and it drives you places. Now, it's very limited. It's very geofenced in San Francisco, and it is uh, also fenced off in certain hours. Like, I think it's only at nighttime when, when there's traffic's really low. So they're being very careful about how they roll it out. But it's coming, baby. It is coming. And that is not priced into Tesla stock at all. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off here. It's Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm going to try to hit the golf course. i got a 4 o'clock tea time. I'm liking that. Uh, and that's it. Recommendations. I don't have a lot. I've been kind of busy this week. Uh, I did start watching the second season of Upload. That's been out a while. It's on Amazon. It's a really funny movie or TV show. I think I've talked about it before, but it's definitely, if your kids are a little older, it's minor 13 and 15. It's, I think it's family appropriate and it's really funny. And, and the premise is, it's called Upload. The premise is that when you die, if you have enough money, you can, you can contract a service that'll upload your brain into the cloud and then, and then you can live there. And depending on how much money you live, money you have, you live in, you can live in different areas. Like the, the best place, I think it's called Lakeview and it's just, you know, beautiful, giant, beautiful hotel and luscious grounds and and great food. And then some people don't have that much money and they live in kind of like these more donkey places. And it's just, it's pretty funny though. And then people come visit you too. Like, so I live here in real life and I can go visit you in the upload. So I can go visit my relatives who have died. I just put on like my VR glasses. Maybe that's what Zuckerberg will end up doing actually. Maybe that's what they'll ultimately be used for. And that would be a that'd probably be a trillion trillion dollar plus company if you could actually go visit your relatives after they your loved ones and friends after they after they died all right all right everybody have a good weekend thanks for listening and uh, shoot me an email sean hathawayfinancial.com if you have any questions or want to come be a guest all right peace out and uh uh have fun this weekend